Welcome back to Kelly Bricklick. We are here for episode 37 on this glorious Labor Day weekend. That's when we're recording. You guys will see it the following Friday. But I'm here with my buddies. Shy time is my time. Yo. Ninja. Yeah. And our new friend, Bricks O'Brien, who I got the pleasure of meeting at Brick Fair Virginia quite recently. Anyway, so before we get into it, though, really quick, you can find all of our podcasts, all of our recorded audio voice talking things on any platform where you can hear podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. So definitely go and check us out. We have, like I said, 36 other episodes where you can hear us banter with other friends. Anyway. Can we can we take mm-hmm. a second to appreciate mm-hmm. the uh, the voice talky things? Oh, like the voice talky thing. What do you mean the voice? Yeah. Oh, what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like that. That was nice. I was like, what's another word for podcast? Um, <laughs> voice talky. Mm-hmm. And today I'm like eating some uh, some baguette, so you'll get some. I nice... mean, when are you not eating uh, on never. episode or not like building? You're always oh, doing something other than just sitting here. I know what I it's like to be eating all the time. I appreciate the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, important. Multitasking. It's, important. it's part of my brand. But there you go. Um, but today we wanted to get Brian on and chat about some fun stuff. I have been streaming on Twitch all the time and loving it and uh, growing that side of things. And Brian's been on there for quite a while now um, and doing like the best way to say is like multi platform streaming anyway so we're gonna get into that we're gonna talk about a lot of other stuff but let's talk about some lego news and how you guys have been doing yeah um but before we get into that can i just say Mm -hmm. brian i like your voice too it's very like podcasting not to be creepy Mm -hmm. or anything but it rivals ninja's like podcasty voice you know so you have a very distinctive sound that is very noticeable i've been told i have the face for radio and that maintains, you know, I got to focus on the voice even more so. Right. Um, I, I attribute it mostly to being the microphone, though. It makes me sound a, a certain way, lower the octave a little bit, you know. To me, in real true. life, it's a little a little higher, a little bit. But Claire can attribute, you know. You know. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is the exactly mic. Like yeah. It. yeah, the mic sounds great, though. We were all, like, having, like, mic insecurity before before you got on so yeah oh, all. yeah we're like hey. Brian's gonna be on it we all have to sound good ninja you need up yeah. yours yeah. like tenfold we were like testing our testing all our audio beforehand um oh my god but okay so fun stuff so i did notice that the bricklink designer program stuff uh for round two was up and let's see now there's like the windmill what? there's like actually a bunch of buildings that are up oh thank god Wait, yeah. wait, are they all up? Because I wanted the windmill. I wanted the observatory. And if they're both on at the same time, I'm going to be really upset. There's a lot oh. of stuff I think you're going to want at the same time. Do you want to like, <laughs> do you want me to, I can try to pull it up. Yeah, can you? Uh, I, I have it pulled up right here. The windmill is a part of this. The observatory is not, but mm-hmm. the That's retro fun. bowling alley is. The The studios is. The ruined house. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Lego store. All right, and when are these supposed to be released? This year? No, well, this year? No, I mean, like, you, you buy yeah, yeah, it, you pre-order buy it this, this year. year. But oh, okay. Yeah. Late 2021. Round, May 2021? Okay, late cool. so 2021. No, no, no. no you no, guys see the quote? Yeah. He, oh, okay, quotes. okay. Late 21. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that means <laughs> I can buy all of them, not be charged for it until then. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, because Lego doesn't know. charge you. You buy it now, Allegedly. like, in late 2021, and you'll get it probably in late 2022. I would get, like, things. Well, yeah, but it doesn't actually hit your bank account until... Uh, until it actually gets sent out, because that's that's what happened last time. Like with all Lego product, like when they don't charge your, they'll they'll get a they'll get a hold for it or just right. get a notification to your bank, but they won't actually go through your funds until it's actually shipped out. Which was pretty cool about this one, um, or this past the past round, unlike last Bricklink crowdfunding where you actually have to cough up the funds before they actually, you know, took your order. No, in. it's definitely good, but yeah. I'm sorry, shy. It's not like. There's gonna still be other Lego that you're gonna want to buy in a year from now, and it's that's still a, gonna be that's a future shy problem. I got it, <laughs> got it. I was gonna say, I was like, the problem will still be there. You're still gonna like be like wanting to buy like Brick Mania, all the fun of course. stuff. So it's like, okay, got it. But I have to think about it right now. Like, I, I still have like a year to be like, you know what? I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm amazed with these projects. Even looking at them now, you're gonna be able to buy them in late 2021. Some of these were last updated in April. 
there's no updates to some <laughs> to some of these projects in that amount of time. Like, well, how much can they change? And if we're so close to the crowdfunding point, like, what, wh where's it all at? You know, true, true, true. That's a good oh, question. I have no idea, but I'm excited. Which ones are y'all getting? Um, they have that like seasonal calendar thing that you wanted to. Yep, that's buy. what I want. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that one's on there. That's yeah. I'm most excited for that one. I'm probably I really go for the buildings. Like the windmill is probably the most exciting. I like the studios. I like mm -hmm. that it's a film set, a Western film set. It's pretty cool. I really oh, hope yeah, there's yeah. many figures in that one. They haven't added them, but I don't want to shell out another hundred bucks for figures to populate the whole thing. You know? Don't you think that I agree? Don't you think that the um, the old, the other Bricklink Designer Program, like old saloon or whatever, looks a lot like it? Yeah, oh, it, it looks. Just it like does, it. except that one was a corner unit. And yeah, saloons are going to mm -hmm. look pretty similar. And I think having the, the studio bits to it and the collapsible features and, and whatnot, that adds enough to it to make it distinct. And that kind of scratches the itch of uh, Lego <laughs> Studio from the early 2000s in a way. you know. So that, that's why I'm still, as someone who got the last saloon, I'm still interested in getting this. Okay, because I have that last saloon, and I like don't. I, I'm probably still going to get this one because it looks so cool. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, just like the throwback to old studios themes and stuff. So. And it opens up a lot more. It's a lot more playable overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other one is just like a, a building. Modular. Yeah, yeah. It's just a building. Yeah. With this ruined house, though, I could so use <laughs> with right? my military can... stuff. Like it's just, just... it's perfect. It's perfect like, to you, put like a tank right in front of it. Yeah. Do you think enough military people are going to purchase that to qualify it? No. <laughs> no. That's, always, that's always the factor right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think is going to pass? The windmill. For sure. And the calendar, for sure. 100%. I think, yeah, yeah, the calendar, the calendar. for sure. The, the animal, the science adventure one might be a small enough price point that people get it quickly, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is it is a affordable price point. The bowling alley looks pretty cool, too. I think a lot it of does. city people might like this. Uh, unfortunately for me, I can't fit this in my city. It takes up two base plates. Like, it's it's pretty massive. It's huge. And it's flat. Yeah. And it's and flat. It like, doesn't have any depth to it. There's a lot of people who are very passionate about, like, D&D. &D. So that quest builder one, that I could see that getting through pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that cool. that one's cool. Like, conceptually, I think it's really cool, but I there, don't There isn't it. really one here that I'm seeing that is a glaring, this will absolutely not make it. All of these seem pretty They solid. look good. They look better than, I feel like, round one almost. Do you know what I mean? They're, like, mm -hmm. they're a bit stronger. Like, the particle accelerator conceptually is really cool, but I'm like, I bet you half these people don't even know what a particle accelerator mm -hmm. is. Yep. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> not, to, not to totally... I wouldn't know one if I didn't grow up near one, I guess. Right. How about that? Um, okay. I didn't know that this Lego store, though. Sorry to, to, to get back no, no. at it. But I didn't know this Lego store had a, a, a back stock until, yeah. like, right now. What do you mean? Oh, that isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you look at the Lego store one, yeah. um, behind it, there is a, uh, a back stock area for the employees and stuff. That's so I, I did not know that. And now just because of that. <laughs> Now you want that one? I want it. Just because of that like extra <laughs> six by <laughs> I would say twenty-four studs. Not even like, <laughs> I want it. It's a that fish one. tank is way better than the creator set. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I like the I, I was in love with the fish tank when I saw I think it was a starfish or something spun along with the fish as they're moving or as a crab or something oh, really it, oh, yeah, yeah like yeah. there's a lot more movement in that than you might that's think cool. just by looking at it it's really cool do you feel like the way that the um like the way that it's like advertised or whatever doesn't do it any justice or service especially if there's movement or animation because like the the bricklink website is so um hard stunted i i think where it really falls short is in that carousel of images at the top. They don't include a video as an option at all, let alone to be the first one, because <laughs> projects like this, the waterfall, that'll probably be in the next round, a couple of them. If yeah. you can't, like, people in the public are generally not going to scroll all the way down to look at the full yeah. listing. They need that initial, like, catch. The video mm -hmm. would have been super helpful or I a agree. gift to autoplay or something. Especially if they don't understand also, like, they just see the parts in the back and they don't know 
that means it moves. You know, we yeah, exactly. as Lego fans were like, oh, those are mechanics to make it move. So we we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Three of these. <laughs> How many like non Lego fans though do you think goes to Brickline? Yeah, that's true. Maybe not I did. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you know I mean, mean, there's a lot of Lego fans that don't even don't that don't know what Brickline is. That's true. That's really true. Or let alone comfortable using it for anything. There's well, one of these uh, things you can insert into the uh, the the tank, and it's a pirate themed one where the wheel spins and the arm on the skeleton moves up. The chest, like, there's so much going what? on. It's so okay, cool. yeah, that's yeah. How so much do you think that one's going to cost? Well, I was shocked that the relatively lower price point they went for with all of the last wave. Like, I thought that castle was going to be two fifty easy. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, it's so much cheaper than last time. Yeah, so for for the the Clockwork Aquarium, I would say fifty, sixty. I'm thinking. I think a little higher. Really? It looks like a lot of parts in there. Five hundred forty-four total parts. One hundred sixty-six unique parts. Oh, okay, so maybe yeah. And free shipping. Oh yeah, that's right. There it is sold. Do you think any of these are going <laughs> to sell out? Like reach ten thousand quickly, like the castle did. The I think the windmill will. Yeah. The windmill. So we got to. You can't sleep on it for this one at least. I yeah. mean, if if you're diehard for this program, you you're not going to sleep on any of them because even when they relaunched it, like the, when they reopened it, it's still a lot of them sold out. Like that's, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And now people know, so even more people are going to be right on the gun right when it opens. That's true. It so was what, that was so crazy the first time. I didn't. Oh, I, I got know. everything I wanted the first round, so I didn't even go and look like round two when it reopened. Did you? Any of you guys go back for the second round? No. No, I just got all I really wanted was a castle. I was contemplating with the boat. Um, uh-huh. I, I just I, I was I was telling myself that if it comes back, I'll do the boat. But I still didn't get the boat. I, I figured yeah. I really wanted the uh, observatory because that was on the first one, or I thought it was, and then they they moved it to another yeah. round. Um, I already knew at the very beginning of this whole thing. I already knew I was going to get the castle. I was going to get the, the the calendar and the windmill. So those were my three must-haves as far mm-hmm. as anything else. I don't even remember what's what's left. Aside from the observatory, the waterfall. Okay, and then what's what's the rest? I don't know. Isn't there a train station? I thought there was. Yes, all oh, the train station. Yeah. Was it? Oh yeah, that yeah. Massive. That one's enormous. Yeah. I, that's like that might be like a three hundred dollar one. Oh yeah, or more. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Not. I regret not getting the Lowenstein Castle now. <laughs> I, I definitely do from the last one because that thing's um, pretty pricey. I'm waiting for whenever they do the Anana Mini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the next one. I right? thought that one was taken off. I thought that one was taken yeah, off. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Because there's pictures so. with it in there. And I saw an article somewhere saying that it's not going to be included anymore. It's like the. Oh no. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. And when's when's that date? I have no idea. I'm assuming two months from now. Just like yeah. from here to here from last. Yeah. So in in that round, we're not going to see anything till like 2023. Probably. But. Our buddy, uh, thinking just, of things. Oh, go for it, Brian. Yeah. So the Anatomini was mm-hmm. the project was archived. What? Yeah. No. Uh, due yeah. to the complexity of revising the model for the program, we're sorry to have to withdraw the project. We hope that we'll be able to work with the designer in the future again, which means it's never going to happen. Oh, thank um, How many sorry. times? Um, what, four times now? <laughs> so left in the next one is a space trooper one the 50s diner train station the waterfall exploratorium the venetian houses which i'm still like oh, the How's construction site winter chalet and then your observatory shy mm. nice. so lots of buildings in the next one too i'm excited i love all the buildings <laughs> lots oh, of buildings man. and a waterfall future shy problem <laughs> and a waterfall future shy problem. i like that <laughs> Just to say future shy problem. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of shy problems, mm. someone has been immortalized in a Brickmania figure. And yeah. my cat also wants to buy it. But yeah. Shy is now <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about it since you know a little I knew it was coming, by the way. Lando <laughs> uh Lando told me at 
Oh, uh, thanks for telling me. No, hey. I wasn't going to tell you. No way. He was, he, nice. was called, he just like whispered. He's like, we're trying. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I got really excited. But Way to keep yeah. a secret. <laughs> yeah, of course I was going to keep that secret. It's so right. fun. All right. So the M777 Howardster and MTVR 7-ton truck is a new release from Brickman that just came out this past Friday. And I already knew that this set was coming out just because I was helping the designer get a little bit more in-depth like specs about the gun because they're both vehicles are still currently used today and the m777 a lot of it is secret it's not top secret it's at the level below so there are no images of internals with this thing that you can find on google so fortunately for me i have some of those images but i was at the point where i'm like i never took a picture of that well one because i didn't i was supposed to so i had to reach out to some of my friends who are currently still in and have power now to see if they could find me some of that stuff. So I was kind of working with George uh, to be as accurate as possible for the gun. Um, and then Brickmania and George himself wanted to make the the M777 and MTVR, and to include with Brickmania, the rep- represent my... Oh, that's my phone. Um, represent my unit that went to Afghanistan. So uh, November Battery 514, which is codenamed Nacho Battery because most of us were Hispanic. That's literally the reason why we call ourselves Nacho, and that's how we immortalize ourselves throughout our history books. So, nice. hey, we were the first Marine guns to, to it, take on the Taliban in Afghanistan. Is it the... Do you see me uh, trying to share the screen right there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that one? With that being said, <laughs> I didn't know this was happening, but they decided to create me in a minifigure form in my armor. So I didn't know this was happening. I woke up to like a bunch of DMs saying, hey, it's you. <laughs> I'm like, what? So then I look at them like, oh, they have my five o'clock shadow of my mustache and my goatee. And they have my exact setup on how my armor is with the way the, the magazines are located. I have a bandolier like right there on the chest. Like it's. That's my setup. And they're wearing frog gear as opposed to their current Marines that they use uh, for their company. They don't use frog gear. They just wear the normal blouse and trousers with like a one of those big flax. I'm wearing a sap plate carrier and I'm wearing frog gear. So that's, yeah, this is me. <laughs> and then Lando confirmed it. I was like, oh, that's cool. So with, with that, Immortalized. really wants this <laughs> without buying the set. So, um, I, I would recommend anybody who wants this pester Brickmania for it, so that way they can make this in mass quantity without getting the set. Because the, the, the it is a price you want; it's like four something. So four seventy five, yeah. Four seventy five. It's not cheap. Yeah. Oh, there it is. It's on the screen. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about that. So that's not attainable for most people, um, especially for my friends. So either way, I'm happy about it. I have one in pre order, and there's only five left. And I think this they've continuously kept adding more to their batch of fifty. So I. I that's going to be a good one. And yeah, I'm happy. That made my day. That made my that literally made my day after like a like weeks worth of like <laughs> doubting myself. Like this literally brought me back to like reality of confirming that what I did in Afghanistan is what we did and I should be proud of what we did and what happened at the end had nothing to do with the military. It was all politics and I should be proud of what I've accomplished. So that it definitely helped me out. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, thanks for that spotlight, Claire. Yeah, no worries. I I like I was thinking that we should talk about it because it's really special and it's it was yeah. definitely good timing, especially after last week where we were talking about Afghanistan and stuff, and now this is you know like a nice closer to it all. But um, and then I don't even know how I would transition away from that because it's like <laughs> so nice and you know it's <laughs> um it's emotional and it's it's historical in every which way, but um. Speaking of emotional and historical, uh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> um, I am on to no, I'm kidding, I'm not gonna talk about myself for emotional. Yeah, where's the segue gonna go? I don't know. So, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, all I don't know. I'm no, so Brickmania, Brickmania is like very much like an adult focused, um, nice third party Lego company, right? And even though I have seen on YouTube, like there are a lot of kids that like it. And I, when I was in Brickmania at the store, there were a lot of kids that came in there. So, which was surprising to me, like um, there are kids that do find like, you know, uh, military history really interesting and stuff. So regardless, it is definitely an adult focused thing. However, there is obviously a massive market of kids looking for Lego content on the internet. 
And do you like this? My transition. I'm nice. Yeah. That was a good one. And then um, Brian is, you know, one of our friends that does that very um, kids focused. This is like your, your independent um, content. Like the stuff that you do solo is for kids primarily. Like I've seen you kind of make jokes and stuff about how um, like moms of kids, like really appreciate, you know, your content because they can still enjoy it, but it's still family friendly. You know, I think like on uh, beyond the brick and stuff, you'll, you'll kind of joke about that, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about that, how you got to that point. What made you make that decision? Did you always start kind of directing your content that way when you got on YouTube and like, you know, what, what, what were the steps that got you there? All right. So we don't have an hour and a half to do the whole dissertation on the, <laughs> the long history of Brian Saviano, but um, the, the way that it kind of unfolded was uh, kind of sort of on accident, kind of sort of intentional. Um, when I was first doing Lego content back in 2000, I mean, you know, when I was first, first starting, you know, when I was in middle school, going through high school in the beginning, you know, you're a high schooler. Not everything is going to be the most like, oh, wholesome and what, you know, you go through that sort of that phase. And then as I learned that I wanted to do this uh, more pro professionally, as I say, professional, but I, I want to do this as a, a thing. And I knew that me being the way that I was with how I was delivering myself, I didn't, I didn't need to be that way to get my point across and to articulate my thoughts in that way. I don't need to swear up a storm. I don't need to add in derogatory terms or whatever to make my point. So that's how I kind of pivoted to being family friendly. And at the time in YouTube, everybody was getting hit time and time and time and time again because, oh, you said this particular thing. And even though it's humor, which is totally valid and that sort of raunchy humor, absolutely valid. People are getting demonetized. People are not gravitating toward that, the advertisers and whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I, I take on the challenge to say my points as I want to without needing to go to that extreme and refine my craft to get better at speaking and delivering my information, whatever. So that's where I kind of stand with that. And I know that you, know, you, you said a couple of times, Claire, that yeah, my content is directed towards kids. And that's kind of true. And that's kind of not true. Because mm -hmm. my my delivery is still just like this in my videos, whether I'm playing yeah. Minecraft or whatever it is. You know, yeah. I'm talking to the audience as if they were regular people. Sometimes it may it may be an eight year old, it might be a sixty year old, and it, right. the spectrum really is across the whole board, and it, it's all encompassing. The level of humor that I go with is is kind of uh in the same vein as like a late night TV show where I'm not going to swear you would bleep me if I did, but I'm going to, I'm going to go and kind of gravitate that way. So yeah. that way the parents, if the kids are watching, aren't going to get totally thrown off by obnoxious voices and screaming and yelling and flashing yeah, lights. Absolutely. So I guess that's the nuance difference and, you know, apologies for saying kids content because it is very different from family friendly content. Yes. Kids content is, speaking at a different tone, usually higher pitched. Um, yeah, visual yeah, exactly. It's and, very and different. The, the thing with that kid, that, that kid directed content, it usually goes one of two ways. One, there's a kid already in that, which it's usually a parent directing their child. And then, then YouTube is like, what about the labor laws and the blah, blah, blah. Cause a lot of those creators take off like Ryan's toy world. It's a whole massive like it makes every lego youtube channel look like peanuts compared to oh, what right. a channel like that can do right and then there's also the other extreme which is all the adults are catering their content to kids ergo uh elsa and spider-man are playing along together and doing some weird things that are like what is going on here that kids are looking at it like yeah it's spider-man and elsa but the parents tune in they're like what is my kid watching and then yes. they don't want the kids watching that so no, where i find myself is yeah i'm playing minecraft but then i'm talking about this awful fast food story that i had because i just talk about my life in my videos or the live mm -hmm. streams or whatever how many how many kids have watched or and families have watched my Mario Odyssey playthrough where I talked for an entire 45 minutes about my experience getting a hair in my burger at Wendy's? Like it's just <laughs> random stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah that's and real that's, life stuff. It's real life stuff. And it's got me Kate. <laughs> like I wasn't thinking, man, kid 
kids really need to value this information. It's just, <laughs> it's just what I do. Do you, you think know, right? like, so I really like the way that you articulated, you know, you took on the, the challenge and almost the intellectual exercise of eliminating uh, profanity from uh, your lexicon. Yeah. And Pub publicly, publicly. In, in okay, videos and streams and whatnot. Okay. I, I'm a 25 year old guy from Boston. So right. when I, <laughs> Pock the con, the hot, you know, what I, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, and I was going to say, like, you do transition over, you know, to, you still do content for Beyond the Brick, I assume, right? And that's still mm -hmm. going on, even though, yep. like, the quarantine cast is not the same, or still, that's over, right? And then, yep. but do you, do you find yourself shifting or changing, or it's the same, the same thing over there, like, versus when you do by yourself? like the the type of content i do for beyond the brick or yeah, my like own content. language like your language like your behavior your composure does that change like when you're on you know or if you're like on dan's podcast or something sure. like that you yeah. know so like how do you find yourself shifting between the two so that that that's kind of been interesting to learn as my audience kind of pivots from one thing to the next to the next mm -hmm. so for beyond the brick i have seen families and just people in general still go up to the handlins and say, my kids love your videos, whatever. And although that's not the intended audience, it's still something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And because my name is attached to it, mm -hmm. I cannot control as much as I may say, hey, this is a totally different thing. If my name is attached to it to some degree, mm -hmm. I, as a creator and as a role model to a lot of these kids, I have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. And I can't, if I start going off the deep end, Mm -hmm. There is no definitive way I can guarantee unless it's an in real life event where I take fall, like whatever, there's no way to guarantee. So, and I don't feel stunted by that at all on mm -hmm. beyond the brick on Dan's podcast, anything like that. I am totally a hundred percent. Okay. With that. I adapt to it and it's totally fine. That's great. Um, on, on the between the bricks podcast, it does get a little raunchy and I'll just sit there and I'm like, or add, I'll add a little comment or something, but I won't, I won't go to that length because this is my, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to present yeah. myself and I'm okay with that. And you know, that's how it is. You know, that's totally even, fair. Even in dance content, like, or on between the bricks, like you handle yourself pretty well with, with, right. with censorship and what you're trying to convey for more of a mature audience. Like it's, it's, it's like it's watching like, Looney Tunes. Exactly. Not only that, but it's like when you watch like a a, a movie that's intended for children or family, like Shrek or yeah. something. Yeah, like Shrek, yeah. and like only yeah. like get the adult, adult humor. Understand. Mm -hmm. Like that's. I think you 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 nailed that to a T. Mm -hmm. And really you know what? Yeah. The, the beauty of that that I have found, and I and I hope that I haven't been around as Bricks O'Brien long enough to see it happen, but it's good that you bring that up because when you watch Shrek as a kid, you're like, oh, this is great, whatever. And then you grow up and you're like, this is still pretty good. So I'm yeah. hoping that the kids who watch me one day and the, the parents that, you know, watch it, it's literally a whole family event. Right. I, I've had literal families of the kids, the parents and the grandparents all be excited to meet me like it's happened. So that's awesome. If, if there comes a day where they're like, nah, I don't want to watch this Brian guy anymore. But then you come back to it. You can hopefully look back at what I do and you're like, actually, this isn't too bad. I like this. And then maybe I'm still streaming. Maybe I'm doing this thing or that thing. And you want to follow along with me for the journey from that point on generation, what I look for. Yeah. That's awesome. Genius. Because if you really think about it, like that's one of Lego's biggest issues right now. They did Lego con to target that prime like age when, when kids mm -hmm. go into their dark age. Right. And so people come in and out of Lego and that's something mm -hmm. that they're trying to not, they don't want people going in and out. They want them to stay hence like the 18 plus line and that branding. And so you're kind of doing the same thing where you're like, I want to be, you don't want to become irrelevant. There doesn't want to be a Bricks O'Brien dark age, you know, for your fans, no. which makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think me having that approachability, like I, I've had people watch me when they're 10 years old and then grow up to, and like, they have a job and they're like, Oh, I'm in the middle of work right now. Just wanted to say hi. And I'm like, Hey, make sure you're, you know, you're killing it. You're doing a good job. One of, one of the people who watched me who has like a little brother and then it's a big sister, the sister's now getting married. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm around for that long that my audience is getting married. Yeah. It's happening. The bald spot's <laughs> getting bigger up here, man. I'm not happy, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Adulting sucks.
right there yeah you know that that's why i play nintendo games that 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 kind of stemmed into me doing family-friendly stuff too because i'm naturally drawn to the worlds that you wouldn't be able to replicate a real life like i played my call of duty i like the nice i like um you know i i play call of duty battlefield and more violent games god of war of course but this stuff is what always kept me inspired and i and i love it and it wouldn't really make sense for me to be cussing up a storm while playing a kirby or a mario game yeah. it just doesn't fit with the <laughs> that audience would that awesome. it. it would be and there's there's totally an audience for that but by and large it's not it's not yeah it's it's not it so that's how i kind of stuck with that uh family friendly and clean natured stuff too that's awesome. No, that's really, you know, as somebody I like in my professional world, it was not frowned upon upon to swear. It was like, fine. You know what I mean? So it's like very, yeah. and a lot of professional worlds are like that too. So it's kind of funny to like put yourself on the internet and then you have to like reevaluate the way that you articulate yourself, mm-hmm. especially like when you've had so much, you know, professional experience, but um, the decision has to be made, right? Like if as a content creator, you have to decide what direction you're going to go in and then mm-hmm. how you're going to do it. And, and, I think- and the, the earlier that you do that, the better, yeah. because you've established your, your brand core values. And if you stray too far from that, then you, you start to blur the lines and then your integrity might be compromised or whatever. Right. So like my community on Twitch, discord, YouTube, whatever it has to be relatively locked down and contained because I do keep it family yeah. friendly and I facilitate a welcoming yeah. environment no matter who you are. So mm-hmm. although I am down to have the more difficult conversations and talk about those sorts of things, my community by and large, the Bricks O'Brien community, isn't the place to facilitate that behavior, but yeah. I'm willing to do it. So that's where I'm kind of finding myself now. Yeah. Like as Brian Saviano, I want to do more life talks or like whatever I want to do, but I don't think Bricks O'Brien is the way to do that. No, you'd have to create a different brand or something along the lines. And then then again, if someone, if a kid finds me and I'm talking about, you know, what happened over in in Afghanistan, like, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that, that, and that's where it all gets a little, you know, it gets money because yeah, Mm -hmm. you're, but you have to pick and choose. And so for me, like it felt, because for so long I had like not done that and I like it felt disingenuous do you know what I mean right for my content to do that because I found myself like on live streams like articulating myself one way and then in my videos doing something else and like there needs right. to be consistency with that stuff and um yeah like maybe I don't swear like on my recorded videos but I it's because I haven't had the need to yet do you know what I mean and it's mm-hmm. like and I do agree that like using um, there is like a time and place for that stuff. And it just I haven't found it. But it's very hard to like kind of define yourself like it's like when you're trying to it's it's almost like easier to be like, I'm going to swear up a storm. I'm going to just like say the F word and like all these other words. And I'm going to like I'm going to make fun of everybody. I'm going to throw it out there so that like I can't be canceled because I'm essentially canceling myself at all times. Like that's part of my brand. There's one way of doing that. And a lot of people on YouTube do that. Right. Especially like, uh, like not outside of layer content I'm talking about. And then there's like, and then there's the, the type of person that like, like you, where you're like, I'm going to do family friendly content. I've chosen this. This is the direction that I'm going, but I need to make it consistent among like along all platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard. And there are other people who have done that. Like Emma Soros is family friendly content. Um, like a, a lot of our friends are family. Like I, if I think about it now, like Ryan is intentionally not like family friendly content. You know what I mean? Like he is like very much catering to a specific demographic of Star Wars fans, you know, which is a huge demographic. Right. And it's so it like, can, it kind of can, continues like that um anyway. I, like, I like the way that you said that you challenge yourself too because yeah like whenever me and my friend like we'd be writing raps and we would challenge ourselves too like yo like anyone could write a rap with f this f that yep. and f everything mm-hmm. like write a rap with no cuss words yep so we would always challenge ourselves in doing that so and I, I am in my my circle of friends, the funny guy. I love using humor as an icebreaker, and I've had enough deep seated trauma in my life that I gotta I gotta make something up. <laughs> you know, I I gotta. So if that's I right. use it that way, and right, like I I could cuss up a storm and get the shock value, but that seems too easy. Let me exactly. articulate myself to be 
family friendly, but like, but like hide the, hide the joke in there. Like what I just did right there. Like I said, I have enough trauma to be humorous. Like you wouldn't find that in a kid video. Like that's a little mm, dark, but those who understand it are like, Oh, okay, cool. And then fly right over a kid's head. They're like, I don't even know what that means. And and then they'll rewatch it in five years and be like, he has trauma too. Oh, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a, it's definitely a skill to have, and it's not easy to to do. So I commend you for not only trying to do that, but successfully doing so. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely it, don't do it. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> not for it everybody. <laughs> what I found it, it by being the way by being family friendly in a lot of ways, it it opens you up to a lot more opportunities because you know you are more desirable by a brand, right? Because yeah, they true. know what they're going to get. They know you're not going to fly off the handle or do whatever. What's, they're not going to question what this guy is going to say. And then when it comes to events and whatnot, for example, I'm going to be at uh, Brickfest Live actually Wednesday, this upcoming weekend and the weekend after. And I'm doing hosting on stage where I'm going to bring kids and families on stage for events and do whatever. If I yeah. were more raunchy, would I still have that opportunity on the table? Not no, necessarily. Sir. So mm-hmm. you got you got to make that conscious decision if yeah. you want that to be a career path for you. You would have to you would have to go after different, completely different opportunities. Like yeah. it would have to be, it would have to be something entirely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which yeah. is which is interesting, and I don't think a lot of people in the Lego space have done that really yet. No, and, and that's why I keep myself open for the the gaming realm because as much as I love Lego and my my roots yeah. and the community are in Lego and I love it and I love a lot of the people that are in it. Mm-hmm. When you compare that to the the influencer management and the industry that is gaming and, and what can spawn off of that, there's just way more that can happen. And yeah. Lego is a, is a very refined relatively niche hobby compared to a lot of other things. So that's where my focus is there. Like I'll do Lego content for beyond the brick. I'll talk about stuff on the stream here and there, Mm -hmm. but I think for me having that as the focus, it it pigeonholes me a little bit too much. And then I become the Lego guy where it's like, no, I can do a lot more than that. Let me show you. And that's how I do it. Exactly. Like, I I mean, I don't even, think of you strictly i think of you more as a gamer than i do lego yeah, yeah same yeah i don't, I don't but, but you can see you know i have a brick yeah. built pikachu ev 3d printed fit like i'm clearly from the community and i know uh, yes. plenty of the creators in there but yeah i'm not a lego yeah, creator no. No, which is still, why like, I, you're still relevant right you're still yeah. relevant in the in the adult like april community i know when you know like people still know who you are they still yeah. like appreciate it you know and you still you still are up to date. You still stay on top of the news. And I don't know if it's because you're part of the community or it's because it's still an interest of yours, you know? It's a little bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say by and large, a lot of the stuff that Lego comes out with, I'm like, this is cool. Not for me, but mm-hmm. I, I still respect what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and being on Beyond the Brick where, you know, you know for a fact there's going to be someone from Denmark monitoring that stream, making sure things are looking good because mm-hmm. they have a good relationship with a lot of the designers. Yeah. You know, I got to present the information in a way that isn't just saying, oh, this Mario playset is stupid. Where are the minifigures? <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to try to see the bright side of things and I'm going to try to, you know, see the bright side of everything without fluffing it up too much. I've said sets are awful and I just whatever before, yeah. but there's a certain way to go about doing that without saying this designer did an awful job. You should be ashamed. You're, like, you can't, you shouldn't say that. You know, you can do, you can articulate yourself more than that. Exactly. when you're doing your content it's more yeah, helpful it's, to give them corrective criticism than to just exactly it's not like it's just showing that you're a professional exactly that's what i'm trying to be so yeah. there we go pop the collar right there sheesh yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but fortunately though sometimes a lot of people like to die like are more attracted to the the drama of it yeah so that, that gets more of the uh gets more of the traffic on these spaces you know, yeah. when you start going that way, which is, you know, it's, it's also still commendable to not try to go that way. Cause it's, it feels like it's, like you said earlier, it's, it's just easy. Like it's very easy just to yeah. bleep this, bleep that blah, 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 blah. And then get the, get, get the traffic that you would hope to get as opposed to like censoring yourself, controlling yourself and right. be a little bit more strategic and tactful with the, you know, how you articulate your words. 
Yeah, and I think about this in a much more longer term than I feel a lot of the people in the Lego realm are doing content and whatnot. Because when I look back on the legacy of content that I've done, it's it's worked out so well for me numbers-wise, but also when I see the reaction of people's faces that have they don't care about the Lego community at all. These are just kids or families that watch me. And then there are people that'll drive hours out of their way to meet me at a show and say, hey, we really appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. Like all of that, that like means much more than some shock value that I'm going to get in the short term. Mm -hmm. And then who's to say by me doing these family friendly streams and playthrough videos that could unlock this. And this and this. And then when you look at this long term, this career long thing, which all of this is still really, really new in terms of streaming and content, brand new compared to radio, television and movies. When you look back, this could be and hopefully the path that I'll look at and say, hey, this is where I got my start. This is where things came from. And it worked out for me. You can do it, too. And people are going to value that in a longer term. Wait, Shai's on mute. Hello. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. I was gonna say exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's smart. Like you're you're being strategic and, and you're thinking ahead. That's a very mature thing to do instead of looking what's you know you're not really looking at the light of the end of the tunnel. You're looking beyond that. It's also Trying like to. it's it's low risk and like the smart way. Do you know what I mean? It's already high risk that you're like doing this as like a profession. Obviously, you know what I mean. Like numbers wise, it is a difficult thing to get into, mm-hmm. but it's a low risk. It, it's it's you're investing in yourself in a safer way, I think, you right. know? Yeah. And, and I've reached a point right now, you know, you may look at me and you're like, well, Brian, you have 11,000 YouTube subscribers. What are you talking about? But the amount of impact that I've had on mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that the way that I've been able to make people feel and bring enjoyment to their lives, not just mm-hmm. kids, but the families and the teenagers mm-hmm. and the everybody that is enough for me to realize like, okay, I'm a single guy with no mortgage, no kids, no car payment, no incredible debt. Let me make this work for as long as I can Mm -hmm. because I know that people love this and I can do it. I believe in myself enough. I have to push myself. I have Mm -hmm. to find my, I have to realize my potential. And if I don't, just like everybody else, like if you don't realize your fullest potential, then you're leaving it on the table and the you can do better for yourself the world can do better for that so why not try to do it and make it always be like what if yeah if you like don't push yourself completely you'll be like well you know and then you pull back one day and you're like yeah maybe maybe if i like had you know done that extra stream or done that extra video or something like that or taken that you know reached out to that one you know person networked a little bit better whatever it was yeah it's really hard i mean like at what point though you know like right now you're fulfilled by the reaction and like the community that you've built and the people, but there's going to come a point where that's not going to be enough. Sure. You know? And it's like, I wish that was enough. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And as someone who's like, you know, 10 years older than you, you, I would say that like I around 31, 32, I think is where it really starts to hit. You're like, okay, like my dreams and like making an impact and all that stuff is really important. But like, I can't do what I want when I want, you know, sure. things like that. Sure. Right. And so like, what's really hard about it is like, when do you make that call? And like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying to give you advice here. Like, it's, I know right, right, right. I'm like, I am, I'm not, I'm just telling you that like, there's this like, there's this like moment where you either like push through that feeling or you like, you're like, okay, I'm going to go and do something a bit more traditional. I don't know. I don't know. Shine. Yeah. Like, what do you guys think? Like, no, 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 no. I, I totally yeah. agree. Like for for a very long time, like I went, like my career path starting from school, going from school, I intended to go the creative route, like going to film and all that kind of stuff. That was my intent. Mm-hmm. And then reality struck, and then I, you know, I I went the military route, and then um, you know, I, I decided to think more professionally, going you know, trying to be pre law and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, I just wasn't happy with that. So I wasted four years of college trying to do something that I wasn't happy about. Mm-hmm. And then going forward, in my, and that's the reason why I stayed with the company I did before was just because it allowed me the freedom and allowed me the income to be able to pursue things that I just wanted to do on the side. Which at the time was my motorcycle club was to you know fi- like find find a legacy of some sort. Um, and then you know. It did slap me in the face 
when I had children. And I'm yeah, like, okay, I need to, okay, so that, okay, I, I got to provide. So then, you know, with, with that coming around, I'm like, okay, I need to lock down a, like a dwelling that's not rent. So being right. able to get a house um, and then literally slapping the adulting in a hundredfold in like one year. And then at, at that point, I was trying to figure out what I should be doing with my life. So like at like at 30, I was just like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. Like I need to do something that makes me happy. And I tried doing that and I, it didn't work. And now I'm at a point now where I find myself that just time, which goes back into the channel name and what I've been calling myself for over a decade, shy time is my time. Like my time is the most valued, valued thing that I can ever appreciate and, yeah. and, and yeah. keep because you know, right now my time isn't just my time anymore. It's my family's time. It's my kid's time. Mm -hmm. So I found myself to kind of like, I have to do things, mm -hmm. but I have to do things that allow me the freedom to be able to do what I want creatively. Since that's in a profession that I'm not no longer in, I can't, I can't be creative at this point. Cause if, if I were to just drop everything, leave, it's a huge risk. It's a huge risk that right. it can do. You know so I mean? it is like, I mean, Brian, you kind of said it. You're like, you don't have a family. You are don't yeah. have a mortgage right now. This is the time to do this mm -hmm. because like, you know, I don't know if you do want to have those things, you don't have to, but like, if you don't want to have, you know, more traditional family and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the stresses come and they come in heavy and they come in fast. Um, I mean, it's not to say he can't have a family. Oh, of course not. He's just no, riding, no, no. riding the wave right now, you know? And you yeah. should keep riding the wave. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like people are always like, oh, just like appreciate it while you're young. and blah, 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 blah. But it is it is that. It's like, and it seems like you are. It seems like you're very like conscious. You're like, this is my opportunity to do this and push myself as hard as I can and work the crazy hours because like Shai is saying, like your time is valued differently right now. It is your time. Your time is singularly yours. And like, you know, and and even like just like being in a relationship, it's no longer just yours. And it's like, you right. know, it, like it's compounding. And it's like in my head, I used to always I like I used to always think I'm like the easiest time in your life is like when you're single and the only person you have to think about is yourself. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's great. Freedom. And, and yeah, and it's like and and you that's like and I think a lot of people like so for me that time, like when I when I was your age, like what I was doing was studying. I was studying like crazy, like super heads down. And I was like, I need to invest in my career, which is what you're doing now. You know what I mean? You're like investing your time in your career. I wasn't making any money. I was obviously in graduate school or whatever. And it was like, it, it came around so that now I can take the time and like, you know, right. exercise these other activities and stuff like that. But your values kind of like change over time. It's really interesting. I'm just like thinking back now, like when I was 22, I just like wanted to travel and like party and like do whatever, <laughs> you know, like COVID would have been a disaster for me at 22. And then like, um, yeah, like it came at the perfect time. I'm just like at home doing my Lego and making my videos yeah. and my friends are online. It's great. Um, you know, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, um, yeah. but anyway, keep going. Sorry. I was like on a soapbox. <laughs> the, 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 the word that comes to mind when I think about the day that and it, trust me, I want the wife, the, the white picket fence, the three kids and the big house. That is absolutely, I, I want a family super badly, but you know, uh, uh, these dating apps aren't doing me any favors. My e cloud <laughs> doesn't carry over, you know, I'm like, what, what's the deal? Um, but as much as I want that, there is a level of sacrifice that comes when those things come through. Exactly. And right now, I know that since I don't have those focuses in my life, mm -hmm. when I, I find the right person to settle down with, when I find the right opportunity to mm -hmm. have kids and do whatever, I know because it'll feel right, then I'll be willing to make those sacrifices and adapt to my strategy or otherwise. Now, that's mm -hmm. not to say that I shouldn't have my life together until that point. I should, because that's what makes for a good man is having that responsibility and, and putting that all together to align yourself for a good future. But what exactly does that look like? How does mm -hmm. that happen? And mm -hmm. I know that my skill as somebody who talks into a microphone, into a camera on stage on whatever, I know that I have it. I've had enough people that aren't my grandmother and my mother tell me I have it. So <laughs> why wouldn't I? <laughs> right. Yeah. Why wouldn't I keep going and keep trying to do it? And then who knows right now with, with the, the, the career path that I have and the industry that we are all relatively in, there's no ceiling. 
It's it's mm-hmm. limitless mm-hmm. right now, and it's mm-hmm. still growing. You would have thought, you know, five years ago, how would any of these YouTubers have toys in Target? That seems ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. now kids buy them in Target. Mm-hmm. So five years ago, I don't even think people were getting paid off YouTube. No, they were. I was no, not thinking about yeah. YouTube. <laughs> they were. And, and Twitch streaming is is at that forefront as well. And how mm-hmm. all that is shifting is so interesting. And and I know that I don't know how much t- more time we have, no, but we, we, a little bit. We, we okay. Yeah. Um, with with Twitch streaming and whatnot, that audience is more so for uh, older teens, adults. There's not a lot of desire for family friendly content. So even actually recently, I've kind of looked at myself and been like, well, why am I on Twitch? Because if I'm catering to family friendly. There aren't a lot like when you go into a Minecraft uh, the category and then you mm-hmm. tick the box for family friendly there's five people. So I don't think there's a lot of desire for that content there. It is on YouTube. So why am I on Twitch? It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, do you, do you think you're going to make that shift back yeah. over and like game on, on YouTube then? I, it, that would make a lot of sense for me in two ways. One, business wise, because mm-hmm. more discoverability on YouTube compared to Twitch. And mm-hmm. I have 11,000 YouTube subscribers and pulling people from YouTube to Twitch, especially younger people who need to ask their mom for an account is like pulling teeth. And I'm like, literally just sign up for the website. You don't have to say anything. Just follow <laughs> me, please. It's like pulling teeth. And it is for even the larger creators. Even when you have the people that are on TikTok promoting mm-hmm. their Twitch and whatnot, this person has 5,000 likes and who knows how many views you go to their Twitch and they have a hundred people following. And it's like, oh man, really? Like, yeah, it's, people it's don't, so difficult. Yeah. They don't yeah. click that link. They, no. they Twitch just is, don't. Twitch is a hard platform. It is yeah, a definitely. difficult platform. To I, I also, I realized a lot of people are like, I don't have, I don't have Twitch. I'm not going to download Twitch. Yeah. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, and that, that bar to entry is enough for most people to not want to do it. Mm-hmm. And especially the way that, YouTube and Twitch are rather Google and Amazon are working to make discoverability happen mm-hmm. and how viewers actually see the content where in more recent times, these multi-million dollar deals are going to people being signed to YouTube. Exactly. And they're facilitating more of a culture and there's better discoverability for small to mid-sized creators like all of us. So looking at Twitch where they really favor the person who has 50,000 views at one point, why would it make sense for someone like me to be on Twitch when it's not benefiting me in multiple aspects, you know? Can you do both? Like, why do you have to do one over the other? So uh, Twitch's affiliate agreement states that you have to stream exclusively on their platform. YouTube, you don't have to do that. Facebook, you don't have to do that, which it kind of shows how Twitch wants its creators as well. Like, okay, well, we don't want to share you with anyone else. You're bound by us. And, you know, their monetization options are nowhere near as as vast as YouTube. Mm-hmm. When, when you look at the subscription, if someone subscribes to you on Amazon Prime or a regular sub, you get half of the money as an affiliate. Most partners get half of that money. And then mm-hmm. you're being taxed on that. So you're getting like a third of that money. That's not smart for business. It's just not. So why why would smaller creators let Twitch take half the money? Like, come on, it's hard. You're, you're, you're muted, Chai. I don't. Sorry, I keep muting myself because my kids keep running around. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Part of life. Part of life. Uh, now I forgot. What I was gonna say, I didn't even know that. They, I I did not know that they took half. They take mm-hmm. half, and, and mm-hmm. unless you have a special contract or you talk to. Unless you're partner and stuff, yeah. And, and even then, partners, a lot mm-hmm. of them have a tough time. Yeah. I I mean, I've been watching some of the large, extremely large gamer YouTubers stream, and I'm just watching them and watching their chat. They can't even acknowledge the yep. amount of not only people, but the super chats, the members that come up. They yep. They have so much money being made in five minutes. That they can't even give the time. It's not even possible. So to get to that level, though, is extremely hard. But the probability of getting to that level is more is is way vast higher redundancy Um, is vast as opposed to Twitch is what you're saying. Right. Absolutely. So the, the way that it works on Twitch, if you have a higher view count, 
they'll put you higher on whatever thing they do this this algorithm and we all know the youtube algorithm how they work and whatnot and there's a lot of discussion when it comes to the streaming aspect of youtube gaming compared to twitch where the the thing that keeps twitch behind or rather what keeps youtube behind is the interface for live video where mm -hmm. it's a little bit like you see the times that people are chatting at you don't really need to see that like you know the profile pictures you don't see them on twitch you don't really need to see that sort of stuff not only that but there's a specific culture on twitch that a lot of these streamers have developed just by it being the internet let it run loose and yeah they can't talk to everyone but the chat just kind of goes with itself and they vibe and they're hoping that translates over to youtube I know that I sometimes I, I know a lot of the people in my chat and I know more about them than probably most creators know about a lot of their audience. But sometimes when they're pushing back at me, I'm like, all right, chat. And it's just this blob of just like people that are looking to be poke me and just bug me. And I'm like, ah. so that sort of thing hasn't moved over to YouTube as much. But that's what Twitch has fostered in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And that's how they get. That culture there is with these bigger streamers collaborating with each other, tweaking things a little bit, and making that happen. Mm. You're muted again. Okay. Okay. I, I, I was thinking my mind. Like, I'm not, <laughs> uh, do you think YouTube would ever catch up to Twitch's Absolutely. interfaces? Yeah. So how long do you think that probably would happen? Uh, there's a lot of people that have commented on it that are a lot smarter than me and have degrees, or they've made millions of dollars and they talk about it. But in terms of shifting the culture that takes a little a little bit of time but because it's it's growing so much and so quickly covid did a lot to help twitch get get their numbers up and all of that stuff people are more aware of it now than ever i could see it within the next two to three years because regardless of what you think of youtube and live and all that they have google and they have youtube the, exactly. the video on demand content is massive and for Amazon, Twitch does not make boatloads of money. They are a, a something that was purchased by Amazon for another business purpose. But the amount of love and care that needs to go into it to make things more discoverable and a better platform, it doesn't seem like they're putting the resources where they need to in terms of discoverability and whatever. What you're noticing so with YouTube mm -hmm. is you have YouTube videos, you have YouTube shorts and live. And the way it works is all of it feeds into each other and helps grow, 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 grow. Twitch, you just have the stream. And when it's mm -hmm. off, it's off. Normally, people don't go back and watch them. So what else can you do to foster your community and grow it if you're a small to mid-sized streamer? Nothing. And Unless a lot of Twitch streamers- you're not recommended. Yeah, it's yes. like, yeah. Exactly. And if a lot of Twitch streamers, and this is a philosophy I wanted to push back on for a while- when you're Twitch streaming, most people that are full-time and want to make it full-time, they'll stream six to seven hours a day, and they do nothing else. And if you don't stream, you're not making money, and you need to keep that momentum because that Twitch audience demands it. And if you're not there, they're watching someone else, and there is no monetization or otherwise. So That sounds like an Uber driver. Yeah, it, it yeah. kind of is. And not yeah, only yeah, that, yeah. but... To be good at what you're doing, you need to have the energy. You need to bring it. You need to be on a decent night's sleep, not over-caffeinated, not miserable. That seems not miserable exhausting. streaming set Mario Kart for seven hours a day. Like, <sighs> See, So that, that, that kind of puts something in perspective. Okay, so you have these two big powerhouses as far as business is concerned, companies. Sure. You have Google and you have Amazon, right? Both practices as far as how they treat their employees and what they believe in is definitely shown in exactly what you just said. Google promotes their, their employees' well-being, and the key to them is sharing of information. Yeah. That, that's literally what they hype themselves on, and that's, yep. that's their mission in life, is the, to be able to share you to someone on the other side of the world as quickly as possible with as much yep. information as possible. Whereas Amazon, it's about business and structure, how to, how to make the most out of you as much as possible with in regards to the person. Yes. And, so and it's very, you, it's very interesting to hear that. Right. And Google has built for many, many years that Amazon just never touched is this sophisticated ad platform and 
th this ability to, to invest the resources that they need to. And a lot of things fail. Google Plus, of course, one of them. And they'll pull the plug on it. And YouTube isn't overwhelmingly uh, profitable for them with all the, the, the things that they deal with. But because it has such a cultural impact, and imagine without YouTube, if they pulled the plug, forget, forget about it. Google would yeah. lose its relevancy a lot. So mm -hmm. th there could be a day where Amazon is like, you know, we kind of got everything that we wanted out of this. Uh, and you know there's a big uh, red flag when a lot of the higher-ups end up leaving. A lot of people have left recently. There isn't as much of a, a connection with the streamers and the community like they're fostering on YouTube. There could be a day where Amazon's just like, we don't feel like dealing with this anymore. See ya. And then what happens then? I mean, it's a part of their culture to be like that. It's <laughs> you got to look at the end, like who's running these platforms. And, and like I just said before, Google really fosters like the people who invest into them as far as work and effort, as opposed to in Amazon, especially recently with what's been going on with them uh, within this past year uh, of COVID and, and, and pushback by employees. Like it's, is that like who you want to like fall under is when your income depends on, you know? Now the, the thing with Amazon though, is they are such a, they are the definition of Hydra. There's so many tendrils and so many heads and so many things. <laughs> it's incredible. Like they, they can do whatever they want to. And they're going to, that stock price is going to go up, Oh yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I mm -hmm. think it's even still now early stages of a lot of they, what they have planned because they could get into automation with robots and drones and vehicles and oh, whatever. Yeah. This is straying way beyond Lego, but like, you know, <laughs> it's relevant. It, yeah. It's cool yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really a battle of two giants and Amazon as a company can compare to Google in a lot of ways, monetization wise, and, and there are different aspects of the business. But when it comes to live streaming specifically, YouTube is stacking the deck very quickly and Twitch may not have the infrastructure or desire to grow and adapt to what they would need to to be the leader in live streaming because people know YouTube. Lots of parents know YouTube. Grandparents know YouTube. They don't know what Twitch is. It's scary. See, that's so crazy because it's the same thing with like music because, you know, SoundCloud. Everyone's like, oh, put your music on SoundCloud. But if you ask someone like... um if someone catches me like rapping, someone's like, "Oh, do you make music?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have a SoundCloud." And like, "Oh, do you have a YouTube?" Yeah. Oh, no, I have a SoundCloud. I'm like, oh, I don't have SoundCloud. It's just the same thing, you know. They're like, they're not mm -hmm. going to download a different app. So yeah, I feel that YouTube is like, yeah, way to bring it back. <laughs> and I mean, there's one you can look at it one way or the other, and it depends on how you want to run your community and if it grows, how you want to run your business and monetization options and, and keeping it healthy. There's so many ways that you can go about doing it. And for me, it's looking at what are the best options for my audience. And mm -hmm. a lot of these people that are Lego creators probably don't have a Facebook page or they never update it. Mm -hmm. But I parents like on Facebook. And you know what? If I weren't on there, I'm missing out on on that, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so that is that is kind of the definition of what you're doing. You are doing multi-platform growth and considering all options. You're looking at the benefits of YouTube, looking at the benefits of Twitch. Look, I don't even know if you're on TikTok or I am. Yeah. And, I'm not Instagram. great, but you know. But yeah, yeah. But you have to be. And I think when you do social media, and someone told me this, I think it was Brenda from Art and Jess when she like kind of went over and was like doing art. It's like you need to do it, do the Patreon, do everything. Have these multi multi sources of income streams so that when one, you know, withers, you still have another one coming in and some are passive, some are active, like Twitch versus YouTube. And um it's yeah, you just you're basically diversifying your content. And it's like, if you make a short on YouTube, put it on Twitch, put it on, or put it on TikTok, put it on Instagram reels, you know, grab all those audiences, make sure to constantly link yourself. We use Linktree, like kind of like that, like going full, you're like basically working in a circle at all times. Yes. You know? And it's like, it's, it's exhausting, but it's also like, yes. it feels very productive. It's like you take a product, you take an, it's something that you've executed and you manipulate it for the different platforms. And that's probably right. the most efficient way of using your content. And I feel like a lot of 
Lego creators don't effectively do it the way that they could. And when you, when there's a lot of things that I'm working on that do not pertain to Lego that do not pertain to gaming, but a lot of these different moves that creators are making and what I'm able to invest in myself, I'm doing things that literally no other Lego creator is doing Mm -hmm. big and small. So the, the potential for what people can do on YouTube, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people underestimate themselves and they don't realize their own potential. And then once you realize your potential and what you can do, mm-hmm. your head will spin with ideas all the time. And then you'll be the crazy madman like me trying to make it all happen. Nice. But it's working, Brian. It's working. And it seems right. like in the short time that I've been watching you, just seeing that growth has been evident. And Thank it's you. really nice to see that and, you know, finally meet you in person at Brick Fair and bring you here, you know, to like kind of hang out with us and, um, but yeah, I have, I have one question though, before we close this out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I actually have to strike a multi-trillion dollar deal real quick. I go, oh, no. <laughs> Game over. So I don't know if this is public knowledge yet, but are you more excited for legends or the remakes of Diamond and oh, Pearl? The remakes, the remakes. Okay. I, my favorite Pokemon is Piplup. Piplup's getting and, a shine. Yeah. Yeah. In, in sixth grade, I had a diamond. And that reignited my interest in Pokemon. And I think it's the best generation. Arceus looks super interesting, but I am all in on uh, Brilliant Diamond, which happens a week before the 24-hour live stream on Beyond the Brick, which I will be co-hosting again. So that will be a week (laughs) from the nether regions. I'm not looking (laughs) for I am looking forward to it, but yeah. I just had to ask that. I have no, it's no okay. idea what that was. <laughs> it's okay. No, the the house Pokemon fan just stuck his yeah. head in. He heard. But yes. um, anyway, Shout on that note, that. thank you, Brian. Thanks for joining You're us. Welcome. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on that note. Roll that music. Be easy. Bye-bye. Peace. Dude, thanks. Thanks. Thank um, you. Just have, just have a little episode of some talking part of no, it's my fault. It. We could have gone for like another hour. It's my fault because I, I technically am supposed to be streaming 15 minutes ago.